the last one of course is how will people pay you know how are people going to be able to to access the service to access the products it is not only about you put up um let's say you're in fashion and you put your products up on on twitter on facebook on instagram and then you're saying dm me for prices right that is that is uh, automatically taking away the attention of the customer and most most likely you are not going to close it From the Innovation Village, this is episode 36 of my Village podcast, produced through the Next Wave program under the Young Africa Works strategy in partnership with the Mastercard Foundation. And I'm your host, Pauline Achanowing. E-commerce or online business, as commonly said, refers to commercial electronic transactions. They have registered an increase in sales following COVID. As a result, There is now a big push for businesses and service providers to fully embrace it and concurrently embrace it to their traditional ways of running business not only because of its conveniences but also because our present realities of lockdown curfew and transport restrictions call for it Lockdown has been on and off and there is no telling when we will be completely locked down and curfew free On the positive side, I think the big market players like Jumia, Gigi, among others that were popular before COVID are now battling new competition. We are seeing an emergence in popularity of other online platforms like Chikubo Online, Glovo, and Omoleso. Omoleso is run by Motive, and Motive works with creatives and makers to refine and scale their businesses to meet demand for local and international markets. and they are gaining visibility which means more options for the consumer there are also small businesses that are making waves not forgetting other service deliverers not only in retail business but also the education health and tourism sector for the next few weeks we are going to run a series on e-commerce businesses highlighting their realities on the ground is business thriving as advertised or there are challenges that are not easily visible to the consumer how can you boost your online business all these and more questions will be tackled in our e-commerce series today on my village podcast timothy tugume the country manager of jumia food uganda talks about what's happening at jumia and the present and future realities of e-commerce in uganda Timothy, I am excited to have you on the podcast and thank you for making time. I know it was tricky to schedule this interview. I believe you are a great candidate for today's conversation given the nature of your job. Oh yes, uh, it's been uh, quite a, a crazy day. A crazy day, but I'm always happy to discuss mm. um things of e-commerce. Yeah, well, I hope that uh, we can be able to to have a fruitful discussion. We will. Yes. Okay, Timothy, briefly introduce yourself to our listeners and share a brief uh, background of what you do. Okay. So my name is Timothy Mugume. I've been with Jumia since uh 2014 uh, when uh, it was introduced into the market and I uh, worked in different capacities as um the head of finance 
then uh, Jumia Travel Country Manager, Jumia Food Country Manager, and currently I'm leading the offline sales initiative uh, for the Jumia Group, uh, so which it looks at trying to bridge the gap between those that are not connected or those are not online to also enjoy the Jumia experience uh, countrywide. Okay. And um, Jumia is, of course, the uh, Africa's biggest uh, e-commerce platform that is premised on three key core objectives. Uh, the first one is uh, providing a platform to customers uh, to be able to purchase uh, lots of items, starting from the fast-moving consumer goods uh, all the way to electronics and um, basically being a one-stop center for all the uh, essential needs of the customers. And uh, this is done through connecting the vendors that we have on our site. These are multiple businesses uh, to the customers through the Jumia platform. These are facilitated through um, payment systems like Jumia Pay, which enables the customers to pay through um, their mobile, through their Visa card, through the uh, Jumia uh, platform, mm. and uh, obviously uh, supported with a robust logistics system, which enables door-to-door -door delivery, as well as last mile for many of these businesses as well. Amid COVID and all the disruption that came with it, it's been interesting to note online transactions have registered a surge. What was business like for Jumia before 2020 and what are your current realities and future plans? Um, that's a very interesting question. Hmm. Um, I would say that um, uh, since 2014, we've been gradually, of course, uh, working um, tooth and nail to ensure that we increase on the number of uh, online users and number of Jumia users over the years. Yes. And this is not only on the customer side, but from the vendors. How many vendors, uh, what assortments of vendors do we have under what categories? Uh, this will go through from fashion to electronics to um uh, essential supermarket items, groceries, uh, and the likes. Yes. And we 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 also now we put on on the on demand side what we have uh, where we have more restaurants where we have food and uh, beverages and party. We saw that the bulk of the customers were definitely uh, preferring to buy from uh, restaurants or using Jumia to buy. Uh, electronics or the high-end gadgets and so their visits were not as frequent but uh, the outbreak of um, uh, of COVID of course and the restrictions by the government on movement uh, just pushed all the other services to the top so most of the consumers uh, started to realize that they could also get sugar they could also get all their supermarket items delivered to their doorstep and yes. of course it was convenience that was uh, offered to them and on the same front we saw quite a big number of entrepreneurs whose shops were locked up who uh, did not have any other place to to sell those that you are hearing that some were selling from their cars mm. uh, majority of them had actually were selling from their home 
So we we saw a big rise of of uh, in demand, uh, both on the consumer side, where we saw uh, where we had um, a significant increment in the orders, especially for essential items, so yes. groceries, toiletries, and uh, we also saw a big surge in the number of uh, grocery vendors that were onboarding. We saw most of the restaurants also uh, adapting quite fast to offer uh, meals that were a little bit uh, subsidized, but mm. uh, and um, they needed to stay in, in the business. So I would see, I would say that um, the commercial transactions for those that were able to adapt quickly to e-commerce, that means sign up with Jumia, uh, get to 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 have their products ready, or that was from home or be able to optimize menus that were takeaway ready, uh, we saw an increment in their transactions. However, we still had challenges uh, because of the fact that it's a land-linked country yes. and uh, movement is still uh, curtailed by curfew operations and majority of our on-demand services are uh, uh, mainly driven by um motorcycle deliveries mm. so we were still affected by the time uh, we are not able to operate as much as possible and the downside is that uh, we've lost significant part of the dinner business that we were significant what were quite very strong mm. uh, before 2020 that's tough yes on the other hand there are some people especially in retail who say they are making good money. Some swear more than they were making before COVID following online visibility now. Yeah. The nature of business is that there are wins and losses, whether you're a small boutique owner or a big online shopping mall like Jumia. It's a continuous process and adapting to changes. Timothy, what can be done for e-commerce to be adapted as a viable way of doing business, especially for newcomers onto the e-commerce scene? Most people are still hesitant, while some are finding it hard to do because of issues like digital literacy. So I think there are three uh, areas that I alluded to that we we had to continuously work on, continuously improve on. And even the businesses right now, it is, it is mainly about trying to adapt quite very fast yes. uh, to these three factors. The first one is... Uh, what platform are you using or and what information do you have there on the platform is your business yes is it visible if you're mm-hmm. using the social networks do you have the um the proper visibility on these uh social networks where you the customers get to understand your product um because of the uh, e-commerce aspect it now looks into the visual stimuli right a customer will be able to react to what they see as opposed to um uh what they walking in the shop and trying to touch uh or to 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 physically be at the shop so do you is is your product quite clear is it quite very um uh, described properly and is the pricing also okay Mm. and then uh the, in terms of information getting to provide the uh logistic solution mm. are you able to reach uh every part of the country or are you able to provide a delivery option within kampala 
And I think these have become quite very important as you try to push your business online yes. and increase yeah. your transactions. The last one, of course, is how will people pay? You know, yes. how are people going to be able to to access the service, to access the products? It is not only about you put up, um, let's say you're in fashion and you put your products up on, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and then you're saying DM me for prices, right? Yes. That is, that is uh, automatically taking away the attention of the customer and most most likely you are not going to close it. However, if they see that there is a discount, even if it is a small 5% discount, and they see that there is a, a way that the, 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 they can reach you, either by WhatsApp or by phone, and most importantly, they can get their product easily, yes. uh, they were able to maybe try to combat it. Some businesses may not be adaptable to online because they have been predominantly uh, physical. But right now, if you use the various online channels and uh, you're using the and CRM or newsletters that we have, SMSs yes. to send out these messages, you will still be able to pass on key information to different sets of customers who may be interested in yourself and... Uh, uh, give you business so i think it is about trying to change um uh uh your business mentality from brick and mortar uh looking at your negotiation you're not negotiating right now you're not price discriminating you're trying to ensure that the, every customer can see uh the price they can see the value for money that they'll get mm. and they'll be able to to combat the sale because it is solving the problem that they have at that particular time. You're listening to my village podcast and we'll be back after the break. Internet has always been uh, the biggest blocker to e-commerce. Uh, right now, we've been, of course, lobbying uh, for the re- uh, removal of Facebook because as a block, uh, sorry, to unblock Facebook. And uh, it is very ridiculous to think that such a channel has been blocked almost uh, for half, more than half a year. Live your best life with unique locally made Ugandan products. Omoleso is running a 25% discount on products starting 3rd to 11th September. Don't miss out. For more details, log on to omoleso.africa. Welcome back. You're listening to my village podcast and with me today is Timothy Tugume, the country manager of Jumia Food Uganda. Today, we are discussing e-commerce, the current and future realities of the online market in Uganda. Timothy, as much as every entrepreneur faces challenges in running their business, the challenges differ both for business owners and consumers, like internet accessibility and transport that you mentioned earlier following lockdown. What other challenges would you like to highlight for whoever is listening, whether it's a policymaker, business owner, or consumer, because you hear complaints here and there. The consumers will make noise about transport costs. Business owners will say government policies are squeezing them, and so much more. What challenges 
have you come across that you believe are worth taking note of and perhaps call for revision? Yeah, so of course we have um, uh, challenges of uh, the high fees that are usually are charged on last mile, which means uh, most of the businesses do not really get to structure or they want to to get much more money than what the delivery person is getting. So you'll find if you're sending your border guy, you're, 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 you're being charged exorbitantly. So it's very important to, to look at that as a, a means of delivering the product. Let the product be the primary focus. Uh, that allows you to to continuously reach out to more customers. And then at a future date, you can try to see whether the delivery revenue is something that you can tap into. So that becomes quite a challenge because also getting a very good, reliable courier service is, is important. And that's why we, for example, introduced Jumia Courier Services because we, we saw that even the businesses that are not listing on Jumia that have uh, to deal with services and other kinds of things need to have a proper uh, courier network to be able to move their goods and products uh, from one area to another. another. Yes, and then the second one, of course, it is internet. Internet has always been uh, the biggest blocker to e-commerce. That's uh, right now, we've been, of course, lobbying uh, for the re uh, removal of Facebook because as a block, uh, sorry, to, to unblock Facebook. And uh, it is very ridiculous to think that such a channel has been blocked almost uh, for half, more than half, half a year. year. And uh, it's not looking at the impact of how many people actually gather there to, to use it as an information source, as a marketing source. Facebook continues to improve on its marketing tools and visibility. Yes. And with more people using VPN, it means that they have to invest much more because Facebook is aware of it. Um, they, but they means that for a consumer to try to have a paid ad that is going to reach uh, the desired segment or target, they have to spend much more uh, to overcome the, the algorithm that will just be most likely geo geolocated. Yeah. So if Pauline is switching on her VPN and she's in the US mm. and I'm in Uganda right now and I'm trying to promote an item, I've paid my $10 to promote, it's most likely not going to reach her because right now she's going to be just seeing the ads that are coming in from that area that she has. Yes. So internet definitely is a challenge. Uh, we, are, of course, were quite worried about the 12% uh, that was just passed on on the, on the data. Yes. However, I think the telecoms had seen and done a risk analysis to 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 ascertain that it was going to be very detrimental for them to keep um, uh, charging this to the customers, mm. and also it would offer those that did not charge a competitive advantage. So I think there was a bit of a uniform uh, shouldering of this. Mm. And we, we are seeing the impact of it with uh, bundles running out, ECC, but yeah, that's maybe, uh, you cannot really get to, 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 to tie it to that. But I think a stable internet connection, connectivity across uh, is, is quite important. But also um, one other big challenge that we have is the when it comes to the quality control right yes. e-commerce comes up with so many sites that are classified like and so 
as many people, entrepreneurs are trying to promote their products, there are also a larger number of people who are looking at look, uh, getting money quickly mm. through fraud. So they will list items that they do not have, they will try to to collect money and then disappear. So that brings in a very secure, a need for a secure uh, transaction where you are able to have also uh, the guidelines like from 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 NISA Uganda, which have to stipulate that each website you go to, each platform you're able to see key customer information uh, where you can share your queries. And this is very expensive for entrepreneurs to just come up, you know, put all their information, have a dedicated call center or have a dedicated uh, uh, channel to be, to, to reach out. Mm. So all those get to affect and when of course you look at the product quality you will find that um, the customer needs to be um, quite as uh, happy with the product if they're not happy with the product then the likelihood that they are going to post this on the social media will be higher yes. so it means that the engagement also needs to increase the customer care needs to be on point and all of these challenges uh can uh, definitely costly. So it means that uh, normally that some of the things that you would not be uh, going through. So for example, if I'm importing a couple of items from from China and I have my brick and mortar shop, I have, uh, you've come and bought a few items. If yes. those items are damaged, you will take them back to the shop, isn't it? That's true. It will not be um, going to Twitter taking a picture of the shop and saying this shop has cheated me mm. however if it is an online business they will go to your post they will go to your page yes. and say you cheated me so it is it is very very important to get to look at the different dynamics to get look at the different challenges but also to plan quite well to look at the risk and assessment and analysis to ensure that the new environment which is the e-commerce environment where the uh, end user or the customer has direct access to the, the whole business owner or the business itself it means that the dynamics of the of the that the come at play here need to be recognized mm. and of course the different challenges that are going to come across have to be addressed of course these the government uh, uh, policy on e-commerce was not quite very clear mm. which means that the lack of a proper framework does not uh, get to uh, have the government recognize e-commerce as an actual industry of people who are actually making money, who are paying their taxes. So it means that we're always at the mercy of uh, of a policy of someone who may be able to switch off the internet. And that will definitely affect the momentum. It affects a lot of possible investment in the country or for the other big e-commerce players because these all create, you need a good ecosystem to be able to move from one level to another, especially in ensuring that there's very there's, uh, efficient service delivery. That is a very illuminating breakdown of the challenges that I am sure many people running businesses are facing. How can government make transactions easier, both for businesses and the consumers who at the end of the day incur burdens of the restrictions levied on businesses? For instance, uh, taxi people are instructed to carry two people per row instead of the usual three. So to keep afloat, they have doubled transport fares to make up for the empty seat. 
Whereas some online platforms have fair delivery prices, there are some who have hiked them. So here I am, stuck at home because I can't move to find cheaper options. This in turn limits the number of things I am going to purchase, which is bad for your business because sales are now low. It's a lose-lose situation. Timothy, how can the government then salvage the situation minus the obvious need of making informed policies? Yes, but I think I think the there's been a positive step taken in um yeah by the government uh, for example through this CEO forum that was just uh, launched yesterday. Yes. And this is bringing key private sector players to start to discuss um environmental uh, or economic environment regulations that will definitely uh, ensure that those challenges that the government would uh, not uh, pay so much attention to are definitely addressed in this case. Yes. So it's quite very important to also look at um, look at this and look at uh, government as a very, very big key stakeholder in addressing these issues. So the framework policy and two, uh, an actual, like a department within these. Uh, so it is quite very, um, it's quite very important for the government to uh, acknowledge uh, the e-commerce industry has a very key stakeholder, uh, put in place uh, different policies that would get to address uh, e-commerce uh, and also uh, a proper framework. Uh, which brings different bodies together, have regular sessions that they get to have uh, uh, important discourse on different challenges that they have, and also uh, give the same uh, support. So, for example, the tax holidays to new companies that can hire people. Yeah. And uh, uh, this, this this comes in from... Uh, you have a company, you, you have five people, that the taxes that you're paying... For these, it's actually higher for you. It's much higher and you do not get income. You know, they're not breaking even until maybe one or two years. So it is it is important to get to recognize this. And I think also for us as a private sector to, to come together and to start to lobby. And um, we are a big actor and we should be, uh, we, sh- we can get definitely stronger by coming together here and uh, creating more sensitization uh, with the government on this. So I think uh, one thing about e-commerce is most um, people look at it as only uh, goods or uh, a few a few services get to make it. And I think that right now we customers are getting to see that e-commerce can definitely be a one-stop uh, center for everything. So when you sit in your house and you need gas, we've seen that you can get it online. We're seeing a lot of the traditional businesses that have been uh, mostly negated as vocational. So uh, plumbing, um, furniture businesses, you know, these are springing up and we are getting to see that with uh, development of industries like the real estate, you get to see uh more companies mushrooming that can do fabrication, that can do aluminium works, that can do furniture, that are all online. And mm-hmm. these are actually globalized, which means that this is, they are coming in with the new styles, new ways of doing things. And so this becomes a very big space for people to 
not only uh, work uh, with um, people who can get online, but to also do it themselves. We are seeing a rise in people, and this is also an opportunity for the others mm. who know that there are so many furniture stores around, and that these people are not as tech-savvy. So what they do is they are bringing more furniture businesses online. That's yeah. just an example. More plumbing businesses online. They may not be plumbers, but they may have the tools that are necessary to, to promote the plumbing business. And, of course, that comes with the, the costs. I would say the biggest opportunities that are on the market, the trends would continue to go towards, one, customer-centric businesses that are, are of course, being checked or being audited by the customer yeah. uh, regularly. You know, we're always kept on our toes with the customer feedback because you cannot get it right, but you have to always uh, in, uh, ensure that you're improving on a day-to-day -day basis. So if you look at the value chain, if you look at from the manufacturer uh, to the retailer, then the distributor, then uh, the consumer, mm. and then also the production, then the warehousing, there will always be an opportunity. All of these are starting to get online. Uh, with more people leaving malls, you're finding people just getting a small warehouse that may not be in a CBD, and it will be partitioned into different sections, and we'll have 10, 15 sellers who are predominantly selling online. I believe that we, we because of COVID, where we saw most businesses starting to rely maybe 90%, 100% online, the brick and mortar businesses started to to fall. So instead of having your shop in, on Kampala Road, you now need a space to be able to keep your items. So warehousing is one thing that will definitely also uh, get on the increase as more people leave uh, these um, fixed places where they're paying a lot of rent. Mm. And also, of course, we see uh, a whole ecosystem coming up. So e-commerce not only for restaurants, it's not only for supermarkets, but people who are doing uh, their own things, people who are uh, graduates, as like as we say uh, in the University of YouTube, who go and can <laughs> do uh, do it yourself. They are doing jewelry. They are doing. Yeah. Um, uh, they're making soap. They're making candles, and uh, we're seeing that this group of entrepreneurs that is working at was filling a vacuum there were many lost their jobs but many were home and they decided to use that time to get a new skill they're now also able to take this up and i think of course the other opportunities will come through through um, what blockages are coming so more people are doing online classes more people are doing specialized teaching for subjects that they were good uh, at and reaching out to more students so there's a lot of services are coming online, and I think the trends are going to uh, be following all those uh, what they call convenience services or essential services that mm. are needed. We've seen the mobile barber shops also coming up, whereby barbers will go to people's homes or are doing so. Yes. So all these, uh, I think, uh, are definitely a positive result of the lockdown that we had. And I think it's going to also get to push us or push the private sector a little bit bigger. Mm. And I think um, uh, it, it, it's, it's definitely going to be positive. 
Thank you so much, Timothy, for a very informative discussion. Just so you know, I usually look forward to your online sales. So you're waiting for the Black Friday? Yes, Black Friday is my thing and I always look forward to it. Great. <laughs> That's good to know. Thank you again for making time this evening, Timothy. I know it has been a big sacrifice on your part. And thank you too for listening in. For the next few weeks, we are going to run a series on e-commerce businesses, highlighting their realities on the ground, is business thriving as advertised, or their challenges that are not easily visible to the consumer. How can you boost your online business? All these and so much more questions will be tackled in our e-commerce series. And from the Innovation Village, this is my village podcast produced through the Next Wave program under the Young Africa Works strategy in partnership with the Mastercard Foundation. And I'm your host, Pauline Achanawin. <laughs>